gospel today. Uh, today, I am not going to use uh, a usual uh, scripture text for your message. In fact, it's one that's going to be rather unusual, and so that means you're going to have to pay attention. Amen? Amen? Thank you. Good to see you. If you would, turn to 1 Kings in your Bible, 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. 1 Kings, that's about, oh, about six or seven books into the Old Testament. And I want to share with you a, a narrative, a story. Uh, this is a factual story. This is not a parable. This is not something that was made up for our entertainment. This was something that actually happened. And uh, I want to share with you from 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, and you listen carefully how it might apply to our mothers. In verse 16, the Bible says, Now, two women who were harlots. What is a harlot? Come on, you know it. What is it? A prostitute. Two women who were prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. The king here is King Solomon, the wisest man, perhaps the richest man that has ever been on the face of the globe. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened, the third day after I gave birth, that this woman also gave birth, and we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. And so she arose in the middle of the night, and she took my son from my side while your maidservant slept, and laid him in her bosom, and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was, dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, No, but the living one is my son, the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, No, the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. And the king said, The one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king, and the king said, divide the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son, and she said, Oh, my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. And so the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is the mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. What a classic story. Amen? What a classic story. But let me tell you the greatest problem that most people find in a classic story. 
The problem is we learn the primary lesson, but we totally fail to see the rest of the story. We see this story and we see, okay, justice was served. The living child was given to the correct mother. But there is a deeper side to this story. There is indeed the rest of the story. You see, God uses this incident to show that he does what he says he's going to do. He showed that he had given the wisdom Solomon asked for as the king of Israel. See, preceding those verses, the Bible says, beginning in verse 5, that at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and by night, and God said, I wish God would ask me this question, amen. Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked with you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. And you have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son who sits on the throne as it is this day. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child, and I don't know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered, too numerous to be counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord. That Solomon had asked for this thing, then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, or asked for riches for yourself, or asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold what I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you ever before you. Nor shall any like you arise after you. And after I said that, I've given you also what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings of your days, so that if you walk in my ways, keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. God did what he said he was going to do. He revealed the wisdom of God. Through his king, Solomon. Wisdom comes from God. If you want wisdom, you better not look to mankind. If you want wisdom, you better look to God. But this story also provides us with some morals to motherhood. Morals to motherhood. And it does so from a most unlikely source. The first moral of motherhood from this story is this, there is no such thing as a perfect mother. You know, I don't say this to try to drag mothers down. I say this instead to build mothers up. Perhaps no one should be treated with more tenderness than our mother. Perhaps no one is more caring. Perhaps no one is more conscientious than our mother. 
I think sometimes that we're too hard on them. And I think sometimes that they're too hard on themselves. Here we have the two, the two mothers in this story were prostitutes. Prostitutes and their babies were apparently conceived under very sinful circumstances. Now when I read that, man, that grabs me. That makes me sit up in my pew and start paying attention. I ask, why in the world would King Solomon, the king over God's great chosen people, why would he even bother with these ladies? Why would he even worry with two common prostitutes? Think about it. These women and the sinful men who helped conceive these children were living way outside of God's will for their life. But let us not be too judgmental. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were living outside of the will of God? Don't raise your hand, but I'm going to start by raising mine. Amen? I've lived outside of the will of God, and it's no fun out there. Amen? Why, then, would the great king over God's chosen people bother with two women living so far outside of God's will? Why? Because Solomon was concerned with these two women. And he was concerned with these two women for one reason. The reason was because God was concerned for these two women. Friends, I don't have to convince you that the church, that Christians ought to be uh, standing up for moral purity. We ought to take a bold stand for moral purity. But the church should also stand for forgiveness and restoration. You agree with that? Amen. These women, not living up to God's ideals, way outside of God's will, yet God still loved them. And if any of us had to wait on God to receive his love, man, we'd be in a world of hurt, right? Amen? So, there is no such thing as a perfect mother, just like there ain't any perfect ones among us here today. There's just no perfect mother. And if anybody should be willing to overlook faults, if you should be willing to overlook anyone's faults, it should be your mother. There's no perfect moms. Why should you be willing to overlook your mother's faults? Because they've overlooked so many of yours. Amen? So, let's lighten up on moms a little bit. Let's lighten up on moms. And, and moms, lighten up on yourselves a little bit. Let us take time to laugh. Let us take time to smile. Let us take time to have a good time. Amen? Motherhood should make you smile. It shouldn't be this burden that you carry with you everywhere you go. So in, a, in an effort to make you smile this morning, I want to share with you 10 letters from experts on motherhood. These are actual notes written by kids to God. The first one, Dear God, I read the Bible. What does begat mean? Nobody will tell me. Love, Allison. Dear God, I went to this wedding 
and they kiss right there in the church. Is that okay? Love, Neil. Donna writes, Dear God, we read that Thomas Edison made light. But in Sunday school, they say you did it. I bet that he stole your idea. Chris says, Dear God, I would like to live 900 years like that other guy in the Bible. Elliot says, Dear God, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. That's sweet. Nan wrote, Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love everybody in the whole world. There are only four in my family and I can't do it. <laughs> James says, Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the ones you got now? Raphael said, and I like this one, Dear God, if you give me a genie lamp like Aladdin, I will give you anything you want except my money and my chest set. That one should get a little personal, amen? Mark says, Dear God, I keep waiting for spring, but it never seems to come. Don't forget. And finally, Charles said, Dear God, I don't think anybody could be a better God than you. And I just want you to know that I'm not just saying that because you are God. <laughs> Authentic letters from kids. That ought to make you smile, amen? And in just in case those don't make you smile, then your kids ought to be about the business of making you smile, of lightening it up a little bit, of making you smile about motherhood, and then making it a regular habit even after Mother's Day. Friend, life is too short. Life is too short, and God is way too good for you to be walking around frowning all the time. Let us smile. Anybody that knows me knows I love to smile. I love to laugh. And I pray that it will be an encouragement for moms especially to make them smile, make them laugh. Here's another moral of motherhood from our story today, though. God has answers for mother's problems. Interesting. Friend, don't look for a stress-free motherhood. It don't exist, amen? There's no such thing. From the pains of giving birth, from an empty nest syndrome, from the grandchildren, from way beyond, motherhood is just plain stressful, right? That's just an observation, okay? Again, I'm not trying to discourage you because this is good news. Here's your good news. God is willing and God is able to assist moms in the problems they encounter. Whether you've got baby kids or adult kids, the problems still occur. God is willing and he is able to assist you. You know, God didn't give Solomon this wisdom so that folks could stand around the palace saying, Ooh, ah, Solomon, you're so smart. No, there was a purpose. There was a purpose why God gave Solomon this wisdom so that it would be recorded for you and I. You see, God not only loved these two prostitute women, God also loved this little baby. And so what does he do? He dispatches his wisdom to the king of Israel, King Solomon, and he does so because he wants to, to save that child. Interesting. God wants you and I 
to be all about saving the children. Amen? Especially the unborn ones. Amen? He wants us to be all about saving children. And he has given us wisdom to spare. Wisdom over and over again for all the parenting responsibilities that we have. He will guide you. He will provide you in all of life situations, regardless of whether you are a single mom, an adoptive mom, a stepmom, a mom with special situations, a past mom, maybe a future mom. You name it. God's got the wisdom for it. And he stands ready to share that wisdom with you. So many kids we know have special needs. Many of them have special needs. And friend, that's okay. I got special needs, amen? We all have special needs. God has the wisdom that my mama needed to raise me. And that was a difficult job, amen? So he can teach you what to do. He can teach you what to say. In every situation, his wisdom is there, and it's available to you. So, friend, there is no such thing as a perfect mother. But there is also lots of answers that God has for the problems that mothers have. But here's the third and final moral for motherhood from this story. There ain't just nothing like mama's love. There is nothing like a mother's passion. I don't know that anybody in this world can love me like my mama loves me. The real mother in this story would rather see another woman raise her child than see this child split in two and hurt in any way. You see, if you're a mama, you've got to be willing to give up stuff. If you want to be successful in motherhood, you've got to be willing to give up some things. Personal sacrifice seems to be a, a pivotal part of motherhood. It begins by sacrificing your own body, by carrying around a child in your womb for nine months. I mean, no mother's child ought to get over that sacrifice, that your mother carried you around in her body for nine months. We also have mothers that have fed us, mothers that have nourished us, mothers that have protected us with their own bodies, even before we saw the light of day. I don't know anybody who loves me enough to carry me around for nine months. Amen? That would be a job and a half. But you know, a mother's sacrifice doesn't end there. No, it keeps on giving. Consider, they give up sleep for that midnight feeding. They give up personal goals so that their children can achieve their goals. Ask yourself, how many times did you get a new outfit when your mama wore the same old thing? Ask yourself, how many times did you get the last helping at supper time? We honor moms. We honor moms because of the giving they do or the giving they have done. They remind us of God. Mothers remind us of God. They remind us of the one who is super sacrificial. 
They remind us of the one who is super giving. They remind us of the one who gave his only son for a world of wayward children. That's what a mom would do. Do anything she could do for her wayward child. Friend, that kind of love should not go unappreciated. That love should not go uh, unnoticed. And that kind of love should not go without a response. So what are you going to do in response to your mother's love? Whether she's still living or not, what are you going to do in response to your mother's love? Respond to them with great love and great appreciation. If your mother's already gone, she's already in heaven waiting for you, then perhaps you can be the best you you can possibly be in honor of her. Respond to mom with great love and great appreciation and respond to our God who created motherhood with the same love and the same appreciation. Friend, have you received the love of God? Have you received the love of God? You've received the love from your mother because one thing that we all have in common is that we were all born, and we were all born from a mother. But have you received the love of God? Today you can. And in the Gospel of John, he makes it rather simple. He says, as many as received him, talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood or not of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but born of God. Friend, you've been born of your mother. Have you been born of God? The key to salvation and being born of God is believing trusting in the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ, and him alone. Have you received the love of God like you've received the love from Mama? I pray you have. Now let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for loving us so incredibly. Lord, thank you for creating motherhood. Lord, for just sowing so many of your traits and so much of your character into mothers. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus today that as each and every person in this room has received love from their mother, we pray that we would also, by faith, receive your love. Father, during this invitation song, you made it rather simple. Lord, I would love to share your invitation on how someone can become a child of God. Lord, if you would just move in that person's spirit, encourage them to take a step of faith. Lord, we stand convinced, based on the truth of Scripture, that the wisdom of God can save us from the sins of man. Lord, we love you today. Again, we thank you for mothers. And we ask you now to bless someone's life eternally with a motherly love that comes from you. 
In Jesus' name we all pray. And God's people said.